This podcast is sponsored by Canoe Club. Canoe Club has been one of my favorite retailers for such a long time, so it's a real honor to have them, you know, sponsoring the pod. If you're unfamiliar with Canoe Club, it's a retailer based out of Boulder, Colorado, that carries brands such as you know, Engineer Garments, Visvim, Capital, Nanamika, Levi's, Orslo, you know, Friends of the Pod, Marnie, Solomon, and Popeye Magazine, and so much more. They have such an incredible assortment, you know, ranging from under the radar emerging brands to beloved heritage brands. I had the founder of Canoe Club, Timothy Grindle, on the podcast, which I'll have linked in the description if you're interested in learning more about the retailer. I'll also be showcasing some of my favorite pieces on the Fashion Collective Instagram, as well as in the weekly newsletter. very kind to offer a 15% discount code for all the Fashion Collective podcast listeners. Use code FashionCollective15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, it is FashionCollective15 to get 15% off your next order. The link to the site will be linked in the description for you guys to head over and check out the assortment. Hello, I'm Alexander Walker of the Fashion Collective Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, then thank you for taking the time to check us out. The Fashion Collective Podcast is a place for creatives to learn, share, collaborate, and support each other. Each week, you'll get in-depth interviews with creators talking about their creative process, inspirations, giving advice, and sharing their opinions on the major topics within the industry. Our mission is to create a space for creatives. If you enjoy the content in this series, please check out our other weekly series, such as the News Roundup and Deep Dive. Also, if you have the time, I would greatly appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey everyone, this week I have the creative director of Richer and Poor, Jenny Alamo. In the episode, we discuss navigating 2020 as a fashion brand, crafting thoughtful basics, giving back to the community, California style, and a lot more. With that being said, let's jump into the interview. Hey, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Happy to have you on the podcast to share more about Richer or Poor. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, Alex. So before we jump into it, can you just share quickly just a little bit about yourself and you know what you do? Sure. Everyone's favorite thing, describing themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, my name is Jenny Alimo. Um, I am a creative director, the creative director at Richard Poor currently, and I'm from Fox Lake, Illinois, uh, a little northern suburb of Chicago. I moved out to LA now like 14 years ago. I think it's been about 14 years. And yeah, I was always really interested in fashion and I came out here to go to FIDM which is the Fashion Institute in downtown LA. So um, I went and I did a program called Visual Communications there um, because I originally really wanted to do styling, uh, wardrobe styling and celebrity styling and editorial styling. Um, So I went through the program there. I met a lot of great people. I got a great internship. um, And then I actually ended up working in the surf industry for a long time um, doing... uh, 
surf apparel, surf swim, board shorts, um, technical and like ready to wear garments. And uh, yeah, that's where I really cut my teeth. I had like a ton of experience in product development, um, marketing. I worked with the tech design team a ton. Um, and then I did a lot of like photography and creative stuff um, for Billabong. And uh, yeah, I was there for a long time. And that was like a really cool experience to get my feet wet. And then from there, I moved on to like more contemporary, um, higher end women's wear. Um, and then, yeah, now I'm at Richard Porter and I love it. And uh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you've done a little bit of everything, an amazing career. And I'm sure you can have a lot of amazing insight to share on a lot of these topics that we were going to get into over these next few segments. Um, but starting out with segment one, style ethos, how would you describe your personal style to the audience? Um, this one's always funny to me because I feel like it's always evolving, uh, which is what I love about fashion. But definitely as I get older, I notice there's some things that are really like staple to me. Um, I feel like I used to be probably a lot more bohemian. Um, I feel like I was always like wearing a lot of jewelry and um, lots of like really flowing oversized cut, um, you know, sheer texture play, lots of pattern play. Um, now I feel a lot more, um, I've kind of stripped back and become a little bit more minimalistic. Um, I think it's just like, because I really enjoy investing in pieces that are longer lasting and that feel more versatile. So um, I think at the base, I'm more of like a minimalist, but I definitely still have a little bit of like bohemian rock and roll type uh, styling aesthetic mixed in there to keep it fun and exciting. Segment two, you know, what have you, what have you been obsessed with? Well, I, I mean, obviously, as everyone knows, we're in a interesting time now. So yeah. it's, you know, going and doing things that were previously like of interest to you is a little bit difficult now. In LA, we're actually back on lockdown again. So it's a lot of TV, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of screen time. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I love shopping. So I used to go like down to the arts district in LA and go to Dover Street Market like once a week just to see, you know, it's beautiful store, the way it's set up. It's like an, an art gallery. So I love, love DSM. I love it's so good. Yeah. Um, but lately I just been obsessed with, um, I just watched this movie last night called sound of metal with Riz Ahmed. Yeah. And I heard was, about that. It sounds really great. Like I really want to watch it. It's on Amazon, right? Yeah. It's an Amazon original. It's, I highly recommend it. It's an incredible, such powerful film. And you know, it's about him losing his hearing and it's just like the way that they portray it it's so real it's so sad and it's like you feel it you feel him like losing his um his hearing and he's got a passion about music so you just imagine like you know losing such a big part of your life is it's crazy and he's incredible I love him so much so yeah that and then um yeah and like uh I've been re-watching Veep I love Veep it's so funny uh hilarious it's so good. And she, Julia louis Drivers just did this um, fundraiser to get out the vote in Georgia for the runoffs. And they did like a table read of Veep. And if you donate, you got to watch. And I did that the other night and it was so funny. Um, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of TV and uh, listening to a lot of podcasts, but in fashion, I've been like uh, kind of following everyone right now. Just like I'm designing um, into our next season. So I just been like going through all my old reference and 
Um, one thing I keep coming back to is the uh, fear of God collab with Segna. Like the suiting yeah. um, is so incredible. I wish I could afford it, but it's uh, it's really cool collaboration. I love that. Oh, one hundred percent. What you know, what they've been able to do over at Fear of God over these last few collections and kind of wanting to go for like almost like a more mature like grown-up aesthetic which is really nice and the quality is insane yeah moving into segment three rabbit fire for the people who have been listening to the podcast they know that i've been kind of changing it up a little bit and just kind of asking people you know you know what are some trends or things that you see in the industry right now in 2020 that you see rolling over into the new year this can be styling trends it could be how businesses operate yeah that's a great question I think everybody's been thinking about this a lot um you know obviously these changes are already happening you know as you can see like I'm working from home um I think everybody in general like there's this societal shift of like you know not having to be in one set place all the time that's a professional um you know environment I think that that is actually going to be something that even though it was forced upon us, it has proved to be weirdly a positive change that we're going to take into the next year. So I know um, a lot of companies that are never going to go back to like having a traditional office and a Monday to Friday, nine to five. Um, You know, there's just certain roles that aren't conducive to that. And, you know, you're doing a lot of commute and a lot of stress on the body. And now, you know, um, it's just better for some people that they have a remote area where they can like concentrate and really get stuff done. And in design, it's really hard to be honest because we like to touch and feel fabric together. And we like to, you know, we obviously have to be in person to do fittings because it's very hard to see little minute details over Skype. Um, So we're going to probably transition into more of like a creative space where we can like have, you know, a large area where we can meet and do these things that need to be done in person. But I think just like shifting the mindset of like corporate culture that we don't actually have to have a designated space and a designated schedule and that, you know, grown adults can be trusted to get what they need to get done, you know, and still have a work-life balance. Um, And just like having personal time and and having time to just take care of yourself is going to be way more important next year. I think like I keep reading about the, you know, workaholic versus like having more time to take for yourself. And I'm definitely a workaholic. And I, in a lot of ways have always valued that, but I definitely see the pendulum shifting into like putting more importance and weight into like actually having time and space to take care of yourself and not be like running yourself into the ground and, you know, having exhaustion and anxiety. Like, I think there'll be more of an empathetic view um, in the world, hopefully, you know, that people will better understand the nuances of like, you know, everyday life and have more empathy towards each other. Right. So you could see potentially some of your employees still kind of working at home while some may come in and work for in a creative kind of studio space. Yeah, absolutely. I think a hybrid uh, work environment is going to be like the norm for everybody. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, something I've from my guests that I've had on a lot more are, you know, working from home. And, you know, I've had people who work for companies such as like Levi's and Apple, and they've said that they've adopted that strategy as well. So I definitely think it's the way of the future. Moving into the main topic of the podcast, 
obviously richer or poorer. I want to start from the beginning and just kind of get your, you know, what was your introduction into fashion? What got you interested in it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have a really dorky answer, actually. Um, I, I just always liked dressing people up when I was little. I, you know, I think it's like a phase a lot of young kids go through, you know, they have fun dressing up in their parents' clothes and stuff like that. But it, it was so much bigger to me like the feeling I got from dressing up my friends or my sisters for like a school dance and helping them pick stuff out. It was like an incredible joy that I was like, this is, this is so important to me. Like I took it so seriously to my friend's dismay because, you know, we'd be dressing for hours, but, um, I just loved making people feel good. Like, you know, there's so many women, especially that are like, I could never pull that off or, I, I love this dress, but I could never wear it. And like my, my life goal is to be like, yes, you can. Like, let me show you how. Um, that just always sparked so much joy in me. So I think that was really like how I started getting interested into fashion. And, you know, at that time, you know, in like the early aughts and like late nineties, it was like magazines were a really big deal still. And that's what we were looking at all the time. So we were, I was constantly looking at you know, what different celebrities were wearing. And, you know, I was watching a ton of movies and looking at costumes. So it was just like something I really loved since I was young. And, uh, you know, you kind of, when you're younger, you're like concerned with labels and designers. And as you grow older, you start looking at the make of the clothes and the drape of the clothes and the color and the thoughtfulness. And I just was like, I couldn't get enough of that information. It was like, it was the only thing I was interested in studying. I didn't want to go to college unless I could study that. Like, I just was so like, oh, I can do this for a living. Like, this is amazing. Like, you know, I'm going to do this. So yeah, I just think that has carried with me through to this day. I just love making people feel good and helping them. Yeah. And as you said earlier in the podcast, you've been able to work with some really uh, notable brands and work within surfwear and, uh, you eventually made your way to obviously your position where you find yourself now, rich or poor, which started as like a wholesaler, but now has gone, you know, direct as consumer, which has proved to be, you know, successful. Do you believe like direct to consumer is like the way of the future? And then also how has that influenced the way you design for the brand? That's a good question. So we actually still do have a wholesale business. Um, what's really What's interesting is, you know, pre-pandemic, I had done like a, a rebrand of the company. And in doing so, we talked a lot about like what retail partners we work with. And, you know, just being really conscious and careful about, you know, who's carrying the clothing and if, if it makes sense. You know, I think when you're starting out as a clothing brand, it's so hard. You know, you want to get in as many doors as you can because it's it's a tough, you know, job. And, you know, it's like, it's a, there's so much expense to it. There's so much overhead, like, you know, so I think having the privilege and luxury of being able to step back and go, wait, this is who we are. And we actually are able to be more selective and make sure that these people are partners and the right fit for us. So, um, we have a great, um, sales team and great partnerships with wholesalers currently, um, that we still use. I think D2C is obviously like for many reasons, really positive for the way the world works. You know, the margins are so much better. Um, 
you can work so much closer to the actual launch dates. There's much more wiggle room. If something's not ready to launch, like you don't have to launch it. Um, there's, there's just a lot of great benefits to D2C. Um, it's so hard to say. I mean, it makes me sad to say that I think that D2C is the only way of the future because for me personally, the, the feeling of going into a space and touching things is like, I can't imagine not having that. It's so important. Yeah. So my hope is that actually people just get way more creative and smart and uh, unique about the way that they present themselves in physical space and that there is still room for wholesale as long as it's like very intentional and inclusive and art driven and it's like an experience to go you know i think that that will ensure that there still is physical space and maybe that involves you know utilizing technology in that physical space and 3d rendering and things like that but i still think that there's there's a human need for that connection and that touch and tactileness and it's so inspirational too. I think that like we need we need that. So I hope that you know we find a way to continue utilizing those spaces. Hundred percent agree. You know, I definitely think more brands, especially smaller brands, are probably going to start adopting uh, DTC more and more. But I do feel like having a physical location, having retail wholesalers or retailers that really understand the brand, and really understand the concepts, and can showcase it in a really great way. You know, think as we said, like DSM or Union LA, who really are just super, they specialize in that. They specialize in sharing the stories of the brands that they carry, and it's not just another brand. I think that is a very important element that hope doesn't get lost as well. Uh, kind of talking about the impacts of COVID, you know, how has that impacted your creative process? Have you had to adapt it a little bit, like from working from home? Yes, definitely. I mean, again, like it's such a privilege to be able to like travel, um, especially if you're traveling for just for source of inspiration. That's something that I've always felt like very, so humbled about that I've been able to do with my job. Um, obviously, you know, we can't really do that anymore. So, you know, I think that trying to, when you're in a space that's so mentally exhausting, um, with just everything that's going on in the world and, um, as well as being kind of stuck or locked into a space that you also live in, you do get a little bit stir crazy about, you know, finding inspiration comes from outside of this place that I sleep, eat and breathe in. So right. I need to like figure out a way to get that. Um, and I think I'm not gonna lie at first, it was very hard. I mean, it was, it's hard, You're, you know, it's just like, it's hard to separate work from life. And I think finding, time to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to sketch spring 22. Now it's like, you know, it's so distracting, you know, I'm right by my kitchen and like, there's just all these elements going on, but now I've kind of found a way to go, you know, this is the way that things are right now. We have to figure out, you know, workarounds and different unique ways to do things. So, you know, it's just like the small things now, I feel like that really helped me and give me inspiration, like literally so stupid but just getting out and taking a walk around my neighborhood it's the smallest thing I see that I'm like that's such a pretty color or oh that's an interesting you know jacket or there's a lot of vintage stores on my street so like you know I can still walk by all the window displays and you know in Long Beach where I live there's like so much great eclectic style so actually getting out and walking around I see a lot of really cool interesting ways that people are styling things and incorporating vintage or you know, upcycling things. Um, 
so I think just like getting out and walking, obviously, like, um, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts now, which are weirdly sparking like ideas, um, and interesting details. And then any just, recommendations like, or, oh man. Okay. Huh? I, I feel like the one I've been listening to the most is it's called smartless. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it just, it's a little bit newer, but it's Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. And um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's, um, he's Jack from Will and Grace. He's so funny, but they're all comedians. And essentially they bring in surprise guests and they interview them. Um, And like, they're just, the guys are so funny that it's just like such a reprieve of like, you just literally belly laughing the whole time. It's just, they're just ripping on each other and like, having a good time together but um that one just brings me like laughter like sometimes I just go sit in my car and listen to it (laughs) and pretend I'm going somewhere um and then one other thing that I do have that I have been doing which is like really great and lucky is that I can drive to the desert like Joshua Tree pretty quick yeah it's like an hour and a half so that like is so great because the landscape there is absolutely gorgeous and it's just like a beautiful place to go and turn off and tune into like the environment and everything so that's been nice yeah i think you inadvertently also shared some like really great spots for people to check out whenever we're able to travel again uh that's definitely something i'm looking forward to um moving to the brand itself you know, have you just seen like a drastic increase in sweatsuits and being sold? Yeah, the year in the sweats. <laughs> Lucky yeah. us. Um, it's incredible, really. I mean, the this is what's cool to me is that yes, we make we make sweatsuits, and yes, they're very popular right now. And we were positioned in a great place for you know to offer this to people, but my my design ethos has always been like, I want, I want to make clothing that's accessible, but I also need it to be versatile and, and meaningful. So like, yes, it's a pair of sweatpants, but the amount of work that goes into like the tailored fit, the colors, the trims, the way we line the pocket bags, like it is so intentional because I need you to understand that you can also wear these sweatpants out with a blazer and look completely put together and still feel 100% you and I think that um that those small details and intention are very important because it's not just another pair of pajamas like these are not pajamas they're very thoughtfully made garments and I think that um that does give us you know an edge and and a meaning and like a genuine story to tell because it's all it's all there it's ingrained in the product and it shows in our photography and when people wear it I think it makes them feel good so yes, we did. We sold a ton of, um, of fleece and I feel very grateful that we were able to sustain what we're doing during this terrible time. Um, and yeah, I think we all feel like really lucky. Oh yeah. And you know, everything looks great. And I, you know, want to kind of put you slightly on the spot and just ask you, you know, what are some things that you've been personally wearing from Return Forward? Like what has been something that you've been kind of gravitating to? The one thing I love the most is our high cut, like bralette and brief. They're just like the most comfortable, chicest looking like intimates. They look really 
like nice and put together. Like you went and bought something from like, you know, a nice lingerie store, but you don't feel like, you know, stuffy or itchy or like, you know, you're bulging out anywhere. Like they're just, they're perfect. I love them. I wear them under everything. And then obviously um, my sweatpants. I mean, I'll be honest. It's like above the board dressing, like every day I'm in the sweats (laughs) and then just like a nice top because it's cold here now. And it's like, I can't take them off. They're so comfortable. Are we talking like 50 degrees, like 60? (laughs) Yeah, it's like 70 today. I'm to be fair, this back room that I'm working in is like the dungeon of ice. And it's just like, it gets no sunlight. It's very cold. And like, I have like two pairs of socks on right now. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I wish I had that. It's like 30 here. So I'm like (laughs) jealous. Um, when I always have brands on that I love, I always like to share some of my favorite pieces. And, you know, obviously you have to say, I love the men's recycled fleece sweatpants, which I think is really great that, you know, it separates it in terms of, you know, incorporating some sustainable measures into the garments. Do you plan on incorporating more of these kind of measures into the, into the future? Yes, definitely. I'm glad that you love those. Um, yeah, so... I'm excited. We're going to be doing a lot more for sustainability. Uh, you know, we've been working on this for a year now, trying to find a way that we can switch over large portions of our inventory into a more sustainable fabric without wasting anything. Um, so that means like we have to sell through everything we have before we're bringing in new inventory of something recycled. Otherwise, I feel like it just defeats the purpose of being, you know, eco-friendly. Exactly. So for the fleece, we were able to do that. That's so great. We made that rolling change and now we're using recycled um, plastic bottles upcycled into um, poly threads and then woven into our cotton for that fabric. Um, and then we've been working with this amazing factory for a couple years now out of Peru and they're fantastic. They have such a great um, company culture and they do all of our Pima cotton, which is like super durable, hypoallergenic, really long lasting. So um, that program's great because I mean, literally like you'll have that t-shirt forever. It holds up, it's great. And then they're doing a really great weight, like a heavyweight organic cotton for us for spring. Um, And then, yeah, we just plan all of our um, trims are now recycled. Our poly bags are recycled and biodegradable. Um, And then, yeah, we're gonna be bringing in like um, a lyocell fabric next season, which is made from like wood pulp. Um, and yeah, we're just planning to eventually get to the point where all the fabrics in the line are, um, more friendly to the environment and less wasteful. And then, yeah, always exploring new ways to like dye things and to, um, upgrade our packaging with sustainable fibers. It's great that, cause you know, a lot of brands, you know, they talk about sustainability and it's kind of become a buzzword in the industry. And you really wonder, you know, what brands are really, you know, putting the money and effort into really investing in it. And it does seem like richer and poor is really, you know, prioritizing it, which is very commendable. And I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this, you know, what you guys stand for. Uh, some other things that I really love from the brand is the men's relaxed tee, which is really nice. And then the cozy knit long sleeve sweater, which I think is perfect for this time of year. That's good. Uh, moving into the a huge part kind of you know playing off of what we were talking about you know you've incentivizing people to kind of bundle products in order to create proceeds to give to provide care packages to you know south la cafe 
Midnight Mission and Boys and Girls Club Metro LA, which is, I worked at a Boys and Girls Club throughout uh, college. So that's like, you know, I love that. Um, I think it's a really great goal. I just wanted to see if you can speak on this and like the overall mission. Yeah, for sure. That's so great. Yeah, we love the Boys and Girls Club and there's so many great organizations, you know, especially locally that we can work with. Um, we really, as a brand, are, again, like super lucky. We have a team of people that actually are super passionate about giving back and getting involved. Like it wasn't something that we had to create. Like we just happened to have a ton of employees who were really into, you know, volunteering and like being civically engaged. And it just, it's created such an awesome company culture because all of us are always talking to each other about it. We're always bouncing ideas off each other. Um, last year when we were um, very specifically focused on like getting out the vote and making sure people were registered, like everybody got involved. And it's just so exciting to be a part of because yes, we make clothes, but at the base of everything we do, like we do want people to feel good genuinely. Like it's not marketing jargon. We didn't have to like hire an agency to tell us like, we just happen to have like really great people that work for us that care. Um, and so what I'm so proud of this year that for our holiday, like campaign, we didn't have to air quotes campaign. We didn't have to, um, you know, come up with some story and do a photo shoot. Like we were like, look, like we're in such a unique position right now that we are having success during such a crappy time, like we need to pay it forward. So like we personally, everybody in the office went in and packaged care packages for these three organizations that include like PPE, some of our product, soap, um, and like some other gifts for them into these care packages. And then with every pack that you buy on our website, that money will go towards the um, products that are inside these bags. So it's, oh, it's about 4,000 care packages that we personally packed. Wow. That's, in, that's very impressive. Yeah. Thank you. And we feel like, you know, it was fun. Like I was actually telling Allie who works for our PR, um, that like, she agreed with me that going into the office and doing this was actually like so much fun. And, you know, we were able, it's just, it feels good, you know, to give back. And I think I'm so blessed that the people we work with feel the same and we've done a ton um, this year of, um, you know, financial donation and then actually partnering we've, with South LA Cafe, like we personally volunteered and have relationships there. So, you know, we let them take over our Instagram and, you know, explain, have Celia explain like what they do there and what they offer in that um, area is a food desert. So she helped explain to people like why it's important that they have ex access to affordable groceries. Um, and then we've partnered with like um, I am a voter for a collaboration. Um, we did a um, donation matching campaign for This Is About Humanity to provide resources to kids at the border that don't have food. And, um, you know, we've donated this year $10,000 to the Equal Justice Initiative and plan on working with them throughout um, next year as well and interviewing them and having um, some interesting conversations with them on our socials. So, yeah, we were so excited to like help out and to make relationships with all these different great organizations that are dedicated, you know, so much more than we are, they're dedicated to, you know, helping do what's right. And so, yeah, we're really into it. <laughs> and it seems like overall, Richard Porter really just cares. And whether that's about the garments you make and making sure that there's a lot of uh, thought that goes into the construction of it, 
to the sustainability piece of making sure that you're making your products more sustainable, as well as, you know, trying to improve your local community and really caring about the people around you. I think it's something that a lot of people are going to really love about the story and, you know, what the brand stands for. Before we get out of here, uh, I wanted to ask, is there anything that people should be keeping an eye out for? Um, well, we're about to launch spring 21 in January. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I think every time we launch a new season, I'm like, it's the best one. Uh, <laughs> but I think, uh, we worked really hard on this. I mean, like you said before, the, the clothing is so intentional and thoughtful. The design process was like grueling for this season, just trying to get everything exactly right. But we have a ton of great new silhouettes coming out. And then an exciting thing we're doing for spring is we, um, we filmed our first like mini film. And so um, this great cinematographer named Blake Myers um, came on set and did like a mini film of our lookbook kind of uh, lifestyle and theme for spring 21, which is all based around like tactile memory and having an emotional connection to your garments. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it's cool because we're going to like premiere the film on the website and then you can shop below like a digital lookbook um, and that will be launching January 19th. So I'm excited about that. I love that because it's like a way of, you know, adding that storytelling piece to it. And, you know, as more brands are kind of moving to things are becoming more digitalized, it's like, how do you share that story? And I think that's going to be a great way of doing that. Yeah, for sure. I'm super excited about 2021 for Richard and Poor. Where can the people follow you at? Okay, so obviously they can go to our website at richard-poor.com. Um, there's just so many good, beautiful photos. I just love looking at the website. I love the models we work with. I love our art director. So just check out our website. You can also, um, on our navigation bar, if you click on who we are, you can read more about um, the RP Good Things, which is like our donation matching and our um, holiday drive and all that stuff. You can read more about the organizations we work with there. And then obviously, you know, Instagram, follow us at Richard Poor. And that's a lot of cool, like newness and sneak peeks. There'll be some sneak peeks of spring coming out on social media soon as well. Very nice. And everything will be linked in the podcast description for everyone who's interested to check out. Thank you again for, you know, spending some time with me to kind of share more about Richard Poor. Thank you for making my first podcast so amazing. Hey, I think you did a great job for your first podcast. I think that's that's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest interview. If you enjoy the content in the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media to stay updated on all new podcast episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at The Fashion Collector Podcast. You can follow my personal account at alexwalkerph. You can follow us on Twitter at TFC underscore pod. And to get full access to all of our podcast episodes, private playlists, live streams and videos, and much more, you can sign up to be a patron on our Patreon page. For only $5 a month, you get full access to all of our exclusive content. The link to sign up for our Patreon page will be linked below. And with that being said, I'll catch you all next week.